Thank you for joining the worship services of Shoto, Brady, and Dutton United Methodist Churches. I'm Pastor Julie King, and I'm so grateful for digital technology that allows you to join us from wherever you are in the world. You can join us every week by clicking the links on our Facebook at facebook.com shotoumc or on our website at umshoto.net. If you like what we are doing and would like to financially support us in ministry, you can find more contact information on our website, and again, that's umshoto.net. We're so grateful that you are joining us. Our scripture reading this morning is from 1 Corinthians 5, chapter 15, verses 1 through 11. The Resurrection of Christ. Now I should remind you, brothers and sisters, of the good news that I proclaimed to you, which you in turn received, in which you also stand, through which you also are being saved, if you hold firmly to the message that I proclaim to you, unless you have come to believe in vain. For I hand it on to you as of first importance what I in turn had received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve. Then he appeared to more than 500 brothers and sisters at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have died. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles. Last of all, as to someone untimely born, he appeared also to me, for I am the least of the apostles, unfit to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace towards me has not been in vain. On the contrary, I worked harder than any of them, though it was not I, but the grace of God that is with me. Whether then it was I or they, so we, pro so we proclaim, and so you have come to believe. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks, Thanks be to you. God. Amen. Over the past few weeks, as we've been reading through Paul's letters to the people of Corinth, Paul has taken us down the journey of some really deep topics, ones that were very serious, things that were very important to not only the people then in Corinth, but still are very important to us today. Over the last three or four weeks now, we've looked at our own spiritual gifts, We've looked at what it means to be in the body of Christ, and we've taken a deep look. I don't know where to stand here and see if that'll stop squeaking. Sorry. <laughs> and we've also taken a very deep look last week at the gift of love and what Paul is saying about love. It was, of course, the greatest of all of those. Today, Paul kind of takes us back to the beginning, and he says, let me remind you, 
brothers and sisters, of where it all began. Paul talks about himself a lot. He talks about his own journey in this scripture reading. And it's a really good reminder for all of us. Have any of you ever been in a relationship? It could be a dating relationship, your relationship with your spouse, or maybe just a relationship with a friend or a family member. And at some point in time, that relationship has just felt like it ran its course. You began to wonder why you're still holding on. What is left in this relationship? You might still think that you love the person, but most days you don't like them. It seems like you're just disconnected, like you have nothing in common anymore. Any of you ever been there? I think all of us have probably been to that point at some point in any relationship that we've been a part of. And when we do get to that point in a relationship, especially marital relationships, most of the time what ends up bringing us back, what helps us to find that joy and that passion and the excitement in the relationship again, is to go back and reflect on the very beginning. What were the first things that made that relationship so wonderful? What were the greatest joys of it? The things that when you think about them and remember them, they always bring a smile to your face. Those little things in the relationship often become the things that matter the most and the reasons that we cling to it and keep working and striving to make it the best that we can. Another example of what Paul might be talking about here is, have you ever found yourself at a point of burnout in your life? Something that you've always been involved in, something that you've always done, it's become routine. It no longer brings you happiness. You begin wondering why you even do it at all. Maybe you keep doing it because it's your job or because there's no one else to step in. But then when you begin thinking about it even more, you realize, is this thing that I'm doing even important? Does anyone even care? Do they even notice that I do it? And then you really begin to feel just brought down from it. And you begin to wonder, does it even matter? I think whether it's our career, whether it's something that we volunteer for, we can all get to that point in our life as well. Something that happens often for Christians is they begin to get they begin to get to that point in their life as a Christian. And they begin to wonder why do I even do this? I can be a good person without praying every day. I can be kind to strangers without going to church on Sunday. Why is any of this even important to me? You can get burnt out on your Christian call. And when we get to that point, Paul reminds us that it is important for us to look back at where it all began. To hold firmly to those very first moments in our life where we believed in Christ, where we said, yes, I'm all in, where Christ changed us. 
Paul shares his journey briefly in the script with us. He reminds us in his words and his letter that there was a time when he first heard. There was a moment in his life that changed everything. He talks about how he didn't earn it. He didn't deserve it. And he wouldn't have chosen himself to receive it. Paul views his previous version, his Saul, part of his life, as a really bad person. But he says that now he is it. He's everything. And he is who he is because of God's grace. He also gives us a reminder that grace is not a free pass. Grace, God's grace and God's love does not mean that we're free to just go out and do whatever it is that we want in life because we know that Christ will forgive us for our sins. It takes a lot of work. A whole lot of work to be a Christian. And Paul reminds us in this scripture that he had to work harder than any of them. Who is the them that he was talking about? Most likely it was Cephas and the Twelve. He talks about the other leaders. He talks about how Christ showed up to 500 people. All of the apostles. He says, all of these people kind of had it easy. I had to work harder than they did. Maybe Paul just has this weird, sort of humble, but yet egotistical way about him. I think we sense that in a lot of his writings, that he viewed those other people as being good people. But for him, he had a lot to change. His change was maybe in his mind a little bit bigger than everyone else's change. But even though he's kind of humbly bragging, I think he was genuine with his words. And he says that I worked harder than any of them, though it was not I, but it was God's grace that is in me that made me this way. Whether we agree with the way that Paul writes or doesn't write, it seems like there's always either you're a huge fan of Paul or you don't like Paul at all. No matter what it is, Paul has a very wonderful point for all of us here. And it's this reminder that for each of us, we are not perfect. We were not perfect before we became a Christian, before we accepted Christ, and we are not going to be perfect afterwards. But we all have God's grace. We all know that Christ will forgive us for our sins if we are truly redemptive. But it takes a lot of work. A whole lot of work. I would invite all of you to stop for just a few moments and think about if you can remember the first time that you really felt God stirring something up in your heart. That first big moment in your life that you can remember, that you believed. Maybe there was a sense of Christ telling you, come and follow me. And you did. Do any of you remember those first moments? If you're like me, you probably have a lot of those moments in your life. There's been several times in my life that Sometimes I just get burnt out. I don't feel as holy or spiritual as I do all of the time. There's times that I just find myself in a rut. 
one of the ways that I am most reminded of what it is that Christ has called me to do as a Christian, not just as a pastor, but as a Christian, why I said yes to Jesus is through children and youth. There was one little girl, her name was Cambry, and this was the very first year that I had become a pastor. My first year I was appointed half-time at the church, and the other half of the time I taught preschool in the church's preschool. That first year was crazy. It was very exciting to begin ministry, but seminary was like bringing home a new baby, and I was exhausted, and my theology had been completely torn apart. I didn't even know what I believed about the Bible at that point. Ministry was not all I had thought it up to be in my head. There was a lot of other parts of ministry that was much more than just the joys of preaching on a Sunday morning. And I was at a point in my life that I was really questioning, okay, is is this really for me? Is this really what I'm supposed to do? Because I could be a Christian and just be a lay person a whole lot easier than I could accept this pastoral call. So during those moments and feelings when I'm kind of in this moment of deciphering, I'm there at the preschool and we're sitting down at the little snack table and we sing our puddle duck, thank you God for this food we eat song, and little Cambry speaks up and she looks at me and she says, Mrs. King, do you know why your heart goes bump, bump, bump? And I'm like, no, Cambry, why does your heart go bump, bump, bump? And she says, well, it's because if you put your hand right here, you can feel your heart go bump, 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 and that's because Jesus is in your heart, and he's saying, here I am. And it was the perfect moment of God just shaking me up and saying, bump, 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 here I am. This is why you do it, because Jesus is so real. This last week, as I was thinking about this sermon, I sat down with the youth over in Dutton. I love the first Wednesdays of the month because we do ecumenical youth group over in Dutton. And I'm sitting there in the room with these high schoolers, and we're talking about why they are Christians, why they read the Bible, should they believe the Bible, you know, all of these questions. And this group of kids over there is amazing. They are so just inquisitive on everything, and they really ask deep, wonderful questions that make me think it's a wonderful, wonderful time together. But this last week, we were talking about why they were Why do they come to youth group? Why do they go to church? It's an ecumenical youth group, so there's one kid there who's a Methodist, we have several Lutheran, we have several Catholics, and then there's some that are just Christian, they don't have a church membership. And all of them said they come because they had an experience that made them want to be a part of this church family. They realized that being a part of a Christian fellowship and a Christian family was going to make their life better. All of them do not come sit in the pews on a Sunday morning. But they all know people who do, and they know that at some point in their life, that's what they want to do with it. So I asked them, when did you first really feel what it felt like to be part of a Christian family? When did you feel like, yes, that was something that you wanted to be a part of. And they all began sharing different times. They were not all at the same place, 
but they all had the same encounter. It was all either at VBS or at church camp. For each one of them, as a young kid, as a young adolescent, that was the big point in their life that they had really felt like, yes, this is what I want to be a part of. So as I got to thinking about this, and I got to think about this moment of all of us going back to where we all first felt that call, why it's important for us to be a part of a church, why it's important for us to truly try to live our life like Christ and not just live it and ask for forgiveness later, I thought about those kids. And I got to thinking about the ways that we might come here on Sunday mornings and look around and think there's not a lot of young people walking in the doors of our churches. Not just our church, but churches all over the country. And when we think about that, we might start planning for the future and think, why are we giving our money to the churches? Because what's it going to look like in 20 years? Is this going to turn into a museum, or will, the, will there still be people here? And as I thought about those kids, I realized they might not be here on Sunday mornings, but we are very, very, very much leading them and guiding them and including them in our church family everywhere that we go. They see us in restaurants around town. They see us supporting their ball games. They can be going to state wrestling next week and have people in the community reach out and say, hey, congratulations, praying for your safety as you wrestle. There can be speech and drama kids that we do the same thing, praying for your safety as you travel, been following your journey through the speech and drama. And those encouragements, those knowing that we know who they are and that they're an important part of our life are important to those kids. They might not be here Sunday mornings, but they are very much out there in our world. And they look at us. They, they see what we are doing, even though they're not inside the building. And they want to be a part of it, even though they might not tell us that often. This week, as we reflect on what all began, I, I would invite each of you to really reflect on what was impactful for you in your life. When you first really discovered who Christ was and when you first decided, yes, this is something I want to be a part of. And as you reflect and remember that, I would really encourage you to be very intentional this week about reaching out to somebody and sharing your story with them. Maybe it's one of your grandkids, maybe it's just a neighbor kid, maybe it's not even a kid, maybe it's a young adult in the community, somebody that you're just sitting next to in a restaurant and you strike up a conversation. Whoever it is, share their story, but also be willing to listen to theirs. Their story might not be completely traditional, but there's something that they're going to tell you about the ways that God is changing up their life. That's their moment where they're deciding, yes, I want to be a part of this. And find out how you can love and encourage and support them along the way. 
And if you are one that is feeling a little lost, a little burnt out in your journey, maybe you're wondering why you do all of this, I would encourage you to hold firm to those first moments. Reflect back on where it all began. If you are feeling alone or scared, if you're angry or sad, I would invite you to reflect on the ways that God has comforted you in the past and feel God's comfort in your life now. And may each of us hold firmly to the grace of God that is within each of us. Amen. Oh